Hello, children of the night, and welcome to a special Halloween episode of Mediaverse Unwrapped, where we bring our non-toxic Facebook community of Marvel fans to life. I'm your host, Moon Knight, and I'm joined by the OB to my Victor Timely, the Homelandress. Happy Halloween, you freaks. On today's episode, we're discussing Loki Season 2, Episode 4, Loki Easter Eggs You May Have Missed, our werewolf by night experiment and so much more let's dive in all right so starting us off with a little spoiler warning if you haven't seen loki season two episode four yet you may want to save this for later because it was a juicy episode and we're spilling all the tea it was a wild episode i don't even i'm still trying to wrap my head oh my god (laughs) yes I don't even understand what I saw, but we're going to get into it anyway. The new episode picks up right where we left off with Miss Minutes and Ravona Renslayer at the end of time. Last week, the psychotic clock told Renslayer that she'd been keeping a big secret and it's going to make her mad. Well, it turns out that one of the major theories was correct. Renslayer helps He Who Remains build the TVA in a video of their earlier interactions. It's clear they plan to lead it together for all time, always, before he who remains wiped her memory in what's called Protocol 42. Color me shocked they weren't in bed when that conversation happened because he who remains sounded sexy and sultry. But anyways, Red Slayer is in shock at the revelation, but Miss Minutes soon tells her, we don't need him. Maybe we never did. Looks like a spicy little partnership is a Bruin. And to be honest, I kind of predicted that this was what it was going to be, but I don't know. You what did. did you think, Megan? I That was one heck of a way to start an episode. I like that they picked up exactly where it left off. And uh, I liked seeing the whole story with Renslayer and King. I'm glad they showed the visual to that recording we heard. I am too. Definitely. I mean, I just like to know like where this video came from. Was Miss Minutes spying on them the entire time? Just watching? Like, I don't, I don't know. Interesting. And why was it on yeah. the recording in the conference room? Was Miss Minutes watching them? Was she listening to them again? Like, wh- where? how does that connect? Yeah, why does Miss Minutes have it? And why did she show her? Like, what was the point? If you're trying to get Renslayer from Kang and his other kings why would you show that to Renslayer I don't know something's weird about this whole thing something with Miss Minutes and we're not done with Miss Minutes there's no way thank god we're not done with her I love Miss Minutes that sneaky little clock oh my god (sighs) (laughs) anyways so meanwhile Victor Timely Loki and Mobius wind up at the TVA to try and help OB fix the temporal loom Timely is in awe of his new surroundings, including a disgusting-looking machine that makes coffee hot chocolate soup. However, the most wholesome interaction comes when he meets Ob, the author of his beloved TVA handbook. But wait, there's a twist here. Ob says he learned everything to write from Timely himself, resulting in a confusing chicken and egg scenario. Who came first? This seems like something we should keep in mind with the next episode. Absolutely. I mean, Mm -hmm. that one threw me for a loop, no pun intended. (laughs) As soon as it happened, I was like, this is important. uh, OB said the thing. He said the whole thing with his name, the snakes, eating the tail, something. (laughs) 
something was is happening, and I think it's gonna come back up later. So that's that's what I assume. I think so too. I think so too. You're right. It definitely will. When he said Ouroboros like that, like it was over. I knew it okay. from the start. So listeners who aren't watching the videos on YouTube, Max, I'm sorry, Moon Knight has his, what are those, Moon? My Crescent. De- yes, uh, the Crescent things, crescent the handheld blades? Crescent. I don't really field. know what they're. And, yeah, those. <laughs> he, and he's using them and so if you hear me start randomly laughing that's why <laughs> uh, it's so good <laughs> it's a halloween episode everyone we had to come in costume that was non-negotiable that's it yes a hundred percent we had to so there's a more pressing worry though how are they going to fix the temporal loom and stop the timelines from collapsing obi has some ideas but while they work that out sylvie turns up and wants some answers while they wait for obi and timely to work on the loom mobius mentions wanting pie and sylvie's ready to fight him for it <laughs> sylvie confronts mobius about not looking for his life on the timeline but she saves most of her anger for loki she confronts him about working to save the TVA even after all the bad they've done. For Loki, though, he counters that he has actually made the hard choice to stay and fight for what's broken. Hope is hard, he tells Sylvie. Is it just me or are they not talking about the TVA anymore? Hmm. Sure, they sure aren't. There's no way. There's, there's too much emotion there. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'll say the pie thing got me. Mobius wanted pie in that moment. And I have a new food-related theory for everyone who's listening that I will be dropping in just a minute. So, while Loki and Sylvie are having their heart-to-heart, we learn that the rogue TVA agents, including Brad and Docs, are being held in a cell. Hunter B-15 goes to them and tries to recruit them to her cause without much success before they're visited by Renslayer and Miss Minutes, who are less subtle in their approach. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Renslayer tells them that they either join her or they die. Brad Wolf is the only one who takes up the offer as she places the rest of them in that glass box torture device thing and crushes them to death. Squishy noises and slurpy noises included. Like she, yeah, it was a whole shebang. They definitely just drained onto that graded floor. It was dark and I was pretty shocked. But as Homelander, I was very, very pleased that they did this because it feeds my soul that I crave all the violence. So thank you, Renslayer, for being a weird bitch. Yes, definitely. (laughs) Homelander, I agree. So, (laughs) yikes. Next on her list is Timely, who she manages to trap when he goes to make himself a hot chocolate. Meanwhile, Miss Minutes has got into the TVA system and has taken control of all the temp pads and the entire operation. So, before we get into Miss Minutes going crazy, I want to talk about the hot chocolate, okay? Mm Mm-hmm. He did not take a drink of the hot chocolate. He did not take a sip of it. He smelled it. Mm -hmm. Something weird. Why wouldn't he try it? Why would he make the guard try it? Why did he make such a big deal about it? A big enough deal to where someone's like, fine, I'll take him. And then when he did go, he was so excited. But like Victor Timely's not a 
not a nice man. He's a con man. So why would the first thing mm -hmm. you do give it to someone else when you, in your life, you're a selfish person? So why did you give it to him instead of drinking it first when you've never seen it before? You didn't even taste it. You smelled yeah. it. Like, and it was clear that TVA agent would, wasn't used to drinking it because he's like, what do I do with it? Uh, do I drink it? I don't know. And then he drank it, and then he was pruned. The whole thing smells of a plan to me. Something sketchy with the food at the TBA. I'm telling you, I think that's what mm -hmm. Protocol 42 is. Mm -hmm. I think that there's something in the food. I, I just, it makes sense though because it's like all of these people, you know, live in that place in the TBA. They they work there. They live there. They need to be fed. Where are they getting their food from? He who remains and Miss Minutes. Yep. Also, these people are so unhealthy. All they have is hot chocolate and pie. Like, how do you guys stay so trim? Tell me your secrets. I know. Yeah, <laughs> really. I would love to be on a pie and hot chocolate diet forever. <laughs> I know. But honestly, I found this so weird because he didn't, he, he got so excited over the hot cocoa machine in a weird way. It wasn't like in a normal, I'm excited for hot cocoa kind of way. And then he doesn't he he smells it first mm -hmm. and he makes someone else drink it now mm -hmm. my thing is if he knows that he built this place he would know to be careful with things that he ingests because maybe in his own personal life he's poisoning people he's done stuff like this before maybe that's his thing maybe he's he likes slipping stuff into people's drinks and whatnot i mean it just it was so weird that he didn't even take a sip and he made someone else try it that right there, it just it was an unnecessary scene for them to shoot. They did it for a reason, I think. Yeah, and all the things he's invented, all the things he's thought up, the entire freaking TVA, the hot chocolate machine is the one he finds the most unbelievable. Get out of here. Nah, I'm, yeah. I'm calling shenanigans. Same. Some serious shenanigans going on. But back to Miss Minutes. As everything goes to plan, the TVA... It becomes clear that this is when Loki went after time slipping in episode one. If you'll recall, he was pulled into the future where alarms were blaring at the TVA as he walked towards an elevator that revealed Sylvie. Just as he reached towards her, someone pruned him from behind. Well, now we know it was Loki who did the pruning. That's not all either. After he answers the phone, he learns that it's OB on the other side asking where they are. Again, another sketchy thing I noticed. That I thought the phone thing was somewhat unexciting because we were all like, why is there even a phone ringing? Why isn't he answering it? And it was just OB. The pruning from behind thing, I think we all were like, it's Loki, obviously. He needed help at that time and someone helped him get on the road he needed to be. So mm -hmm. I liked that. I liked how they did the whole thing, though. I, it was It was very creative. I really enjoyed that. It was, and I'll point out that a few episodes ago, I did say that there was going to be an aha moment when we're going to see the behind the scenes of that whole walkthrough of the TVA that Loki did and his up to his pruning at the elevator. Um, but I will tell you one thing. This struck me as so odd because why was, how did OB know to call them there? All the systems are offline. Yeah, how yeah. did he know I need to call the phone by the elevator, that weird random phone by the elevator to get in touch with Loki? Like, uh-uh, something's weird about OB. Exactly. I'm telling you. Mm -mm. So the first episode, it's not like every phone is ringing. It's the one because he follows mm -hmm. the sound. So Miss Menace is gone. 
There's no AI allowed there besides Miss Minutes. How would he know where they were? He just showed up there. He wasn't supposed to be right there. He just followed the phone. So OB knew where he was going to be before he got there. Mm -hmm. I, I agree. And then also, when you think about the whole Ouroboros of it all, mm-hmm. Kang taught him, he taught Kang, that whole snake eating its own tail thing, a little mm-hmm. too close for, to comfort for me. He, and, and to be honest with you, I find it odd that the one who is he who remains said he was a scientist from the future, yet Obi said he learned from an 18th century scientist named Victor Timely. So how was Obi taught by Victor Timely if he who remains was the scientist from the future and he was the one who created the TVA. So many questions, so many, so much that we still don't know. Yeah. Yeah. This, this episode really threw me through a loop. I've been thinking about it for days. Oh my God. Me too. I've been trying to find something good to watch on TV after that. And I'm like, nothing was as good as that Loki episode. It felt like a finale to me. It really was. That's how good it was. It felt like a finale. Yeah, it, it oh, felt like so that good. too. I know. It was wild. It was amazing. I loved it. It was a great episode. But OB has a plan though. He needs to reboot the system to allow Loki and Sylvie to use magic at the TVA. This gets Miss Minutes offline as Sylvie possesses Brad to prune Renslayer and crucially allows them to get the door open to the temporal loom. Timely volunteers to go into the suit and brave the temporal radiation to fix it. But the moment he steps out of the door, he's spaghettified. A big explosion destroys everything and the show cuts to its credits. And that's how the episode ends. Crazy cliffhanger. I I was sitting there, honestly, because at the end of the episode, once the explosion happens, there was a long pause of just like blackness. And yeah. I'm sitting there in my living room, like it's dark outside. The TV goes completely black. I'm sitting there in the darkness for like a good minute or so, wondering like when it's going to pick up again. And then it goes to the credits and I was so mad. <laughs> oh my God. I sat there. I don't think I blinked that episode, first of all. I know. And at the end of it, I was staring at the TV. I was like, is that it? Does something happen? Do I hear anything? Do I see anything? And I was like, of course there's not going to be a post credit scene because why would there be? But it was like, that can't be how you ended. I cannot go six days and 23 hours thinking about this. I, I'm not I'm not built for this. I'm a binger. This hurts. This is so much happened. And I think Victor timely time skipped on purpose right at that moment. I think there's this whole plan. I think that he who remains has visited Victor timely in the past and they are coercing on this plan together because I, I don't know. Victor Timely was just too eager to go and suit up and then go out to the temporal loom. There's no way anyone would be like, no, 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 it's the right thing to do. I should. I would be like, oh, you good luck, guys. 100%. All you. You just brought me here. I'm not in this. But he was like, it should be me. Something's going to go wrong. But something did go wrong, Victor, because you knew it. it. That's what I think. I I, I'll t- I totally agree with you. I think that there's a lot still going on in the background that we don't know about. Like, I definitely think that there was some kind of a connection between Victor and he who remains. Like maybe there's some kind of, you know, time travel where he goes in the past and visits him or, or something. And I don't know. It, it, there's still too much we don't understand. Um, I will say OB sketch either, even if he's not doing it on purpose, I have a feeling that they're using the fact that he can like remember things from the past 
as it's going to come up again in, in the future episode. Something mm-hmm. something doesn't seem right. Um, it just there's too many disconnects. And when you've got a time travel show where they're going back and forth and they're messing with you know different things and you know intersecting plot lines and stuff like that. It just, it leaves too much room for, for guessing. So I, I really would love some clarity for the last two episodes, for sure. Um, I don't know. I, I just, I, I thought that the whole, the whole thing where he gets spaghettified was just such a shock. And it was just so funny, <laughs> like in a, in a comedic way, like a really dark comedic way. Because it Like was he just so, like walks out and it's like, Because it was so blunt. Like you didn't, there was no buildup. It was just like, he walks out, gone. I laughed too, because I was like, yeah. I, you didn't see it coming. It was so surprising. But then you yeah. saw how, oh, my God, they took it so hard. Which, like, I get. You're all going to die. It's fine. I get it. But, oh, my God, they're, like, the one thing we didn't think about, that he would just leave. He would just be gone. Spaghettified. I know. Spaghettified, man. Like, but, like, spaghettified dirty. Like, you could see his, not only his skin peeling off, but, like, his, you could see, like, his muscles and his ribs and stuff. Like, if you slow it down, it's it's yeah. brutal. It's a brutal death. Like, worse than Wanda with, you know, Mr. Fantastic and Multiverse of Madness. Like, for sure. And I believe um, they do it in Quantumania, too. I'm telling you what. Marvel Studios paid for one special effects package, and they're getting their money's worth for the spaghetti <laughs> thing. <laughs> Cause like they can't get enough. I of believe it. it. <laughs> it. It's true. It's like the third time it was okay. Yeah. So we saw Scott, one of Scott Lang's variants, getting um, spaghettified in that time vortex he was in in the quantum realm. Then yeah. we see Reed Richards, or before that, we see Reed Richards getting spaghettified by Wanda Maximoff in Multiverse of Madness. That's the first time we see it. And now it's Victor Timely. Poor Victor Timely was the hero. He was the one we were waiting for. And he, as soon as he steps out, like I don't know. Yeah, I I think he did it on purpose. I I think there's something bigger going on that no one's putting together because there's because what's going to happen in the next two episodes. And also, I think it was the executive producer or the producer came out and said the next two episodes are the best ones. I can't really? handle more. Well, yeah. I I can't handle more. My poor little heart has taken so much. Oh my god. I know. I know. And the funny thing about this particular episode is, um, for those of you who don't know, a lot of the people, the reviewers and the people who also do podcasts and things, not us though, uh, Mm -hmm. got the first four episodes of Loki to screen. Um, But they didn't get to see the last two. So we're officially officially in, like, just like uh, He Who Remains in the finale of Loki season one, we are officially past that point where people know things so i think things are gonna get wild from here on out for sure yeah something big happens that's why did they they didn't show the last two episodes because uh i believe it was the same executive producer said that it feels like one huge huge episode like they're just Mm -hmm. together so we're all together in this none of us know also to the outlets that gave the first four episodes, such a low score. You didn't watch the same show we did. There's no way in what the hell you would. There's no way you gave it that such a low score after watching it. I'm calling shenanigans. I don't think you watched it. I think you're trolling. So suck I, it. I totally agree. I totally agree with you, Megan. That is crazy. I've loved this season too. I mean, I, I don't know if it's just because the last thing we got was Secret Invasion <laughs> or what, but. <laughs> 
man, this the season two has really made up for a lot of Secret Invasion's mistakes. I will say, absolutely, like, I really enjoyed this season so much. It's been so good. If they if they can just wrap it up well, oh my god, they're they're finally back in the good graces of the public. Marvel Studios will have redeemed itself a little bit. Um, but I just I, I can't believe it either. Wow, who's giving these low scores? These episodes are amazing. I didn't even like the first season. And I am obsessed with this season. So I there's no way that was a biased thing. There, there's just no way. I don't believe it. Not mm-hmm. even for a tiny second it was biased. But it is the cool thing to do to hate on it. the MCU now. Ugh, so annoying. Yeah. But one thing that I, I want to touch on before we move on. Let's talk about Sylvie and Ravona Renslayer and Miss Minutes in that, in those final scenes where <laughs> we just see Sylvie, like, prune the shit out of Ravona and, like, so unapologetically, too, like, when she's possessing Brad Wolf, she's just like, ha, bye, and she's, she's gone. First of all, that was the sassiest way I've ever seen someone get possessed. When she just skips in there, like, what a baller I loved move. it. I loved it. And I, I kept seeing everyone saying, no, it was Loki, it wasn't Sylvie. That was 100% Sylvie. There ain't no way that was Loki. That was some. That sass was covered in hatred. That was so. Oh yes. N- no way there wasn't. And then oh, sucks yeah. to be Brad. Sucks to be Miss <laughs> Minutes. Sucks to be Ravana. Sucks. But, that, but it's like, I feel like all these people getting pruned are going somewhere, because you can't tell me that's the last time we see Ravana. There's no way. Yeah. Oh, totally. So, I agree. I think maybe there's a variant on the side that's fully involved with Ravona. That's Ravona's variant, obviously. So that could be at play, just like in Victor mm. Timely, He Who Remains thing. But there's no way she, that was the end of her. It was too fast, too much. And I 100 expect, 100% expected Ravona to be offed by Miss Minutes at some point. Like, I feel like Miss Minutes would have shut Oh, for sure. It. So that, I, I don't think we're done with her. Miss Minutes is working to her own agenda. She is totally planning to whack Ravona whenever it suits her. <laughs> um, but I will say, I, I I have a feeling they're still ending up where they did before. Like when you prune someone, they end up in um, the void where yeah. Elioth is. So, I, I'm happy that they're putting her through this, to be honest with you, because she deserves it. She sucks. So are we going to the void in the next two? Ooh, I hope so. Maybe that's where we run into Deadpool. <gasps> Yes, and who else is there? The Loki variants. <laughs> oh, yes, you're right. You're absolutely uh, right. Something big is about to happen. Oh, my God. Yes. yes. Oh, and Miss Minutes is going to come back and be pissed. What if they? What, what if when it, the temporal loom exploded, it was technically pruning all of them, and they're all oh. in the void? Ooh. Oh, my God. I just solved it. I'm sorry, guys. I just ruined the last two episodes for you. That's what it is. I love it. that. I do too. I love that. I mean, honestly, the the way the temporal loom exploded, it looked really similar to what I would imagine a Big Bang to look like. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, but all I have to say is, Miss Minutes, when she finally reboots wherever she ended up, she's gonna be pissed. Oh, she's gonna be so mad. Oh, I'm that. I'm so excited for that. She's coming back. She is fucking us, everyone up, and I can't wait. Yes. For it. I love how like her like her dying breath. She was just like, Victor, I have something to tell you to, to, to tell you to, to tell you. And then she's like, You'll never be him. And I was like, Whoa! Did you pick up? <laughs> did you pick up on when Victor Timely said, 
what did he say? Imitation is rude or something like that because she was stuttering. Did you notice? Oh, yes, I did yeah. say that. That was so funny. I, I did see that. That was funny. Did you notice that he stopped stuttering then for the rest of the episode? He didn't stutter one Ooh. time after it. That I Love caught on to that and I was like, that's a thing. Something's happening. I have a feeling he's been faking the stutter the whole time. I, I have a total theory that he's been faking it because it, it kind of comes and goes if you if you like watch and listen like he he comes and then it goes away for like a while when he's like in distress and then it comes back like i don't know something about yes. the stutter doesn't make sense to me it doesn't it doesn't set well in my soul god this next episode mm -hmm. i'm just i'm not ready oh my god i'm so excited i'm so excited <laughs> <laughs> In last week's episode, I said that in the comics, Victor Timely hired Professor Phineas T. Horton into Timely Industries, who would go on to create the Human Torch. I have now realized that I was wrong, and that the Human Torch and the Torch are two different characters. According to our wonderful member that pointed this out to me, Justin Nation, the classic Torch fought with Namor, Cap, Bucky, and sometimes his sidekick Toro. And in the mm. Invaders in the past, and is actually an android, but has the name Jim Hammond. The Fantastic Four torch is Johnny Storm, and completely separate aside from visually and power-wise, obviously having a, quite a bit of overlap. And an added fun fact, Jim Hammond has was briefly shown as an Easter egg in Captain America First Avengers at the World Expo Fair. So thank you, Justin. If you guys ever hear us say something incorrect, please let us know and we'll correct it. We don't want to go around wrong. So, thank you, Justin. True. <laughs> thank you for listening, Justin. Thank you, guys. For sure. But yeah, definitely yes. let us know. Yeah, that was surprising. I did not know that. So, I was excited to learn that. Me too. Yeah. So, guys, we, as always, have Easter eggs you may have missed. When viewing her secret history, Ravona Renslayer learns that she once fought by He Who Remains' side during the first multiversal war. However, He Who Remains then instructed Miss Minutes to enact Protocol 42. This directive resulted in new agents of the TVA having all of their minds wiped, including Renslayer herself. This explains why none of the TVA agents remembered her, their past lives in the Sacred Timeline. And it's been suggested that their minds were routinely wiped to keep them from questioning their purpose, which is something I would do. That being said, 42 is a major number in the Marvel Universe, connecting to both Miles Morales' Spider-Man and Mr. Fantastic. 42 was the identification number of the spider that bit Miles Morales in the original comics. While also being the destination of the Earth the spider came from, the multiversal reality in which Miles Morales became the Prowler instead of Instead, as seen in Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse. Likewise, mm. Prism 42 is the name of the negative zone, prison created by Mr. Fantastic, with help from Hank Pym and Tony Starks in the comics. Thank you mm. to Screen Rant for that one. I knew 42 meant something. I knew it. And I could not figure it out, so thank you, Screen Rant. You guys did the work on that one. Thank you, Screen Rant. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on, we finally know the meaning behind the TVA's motto, For All Time, Always. It originated between Renslayer and He Who Remains. 
But it seems like it was more he who remains than Renslayer. It looks like he had more of a crush than she did. I'm just going to say that. Which is comic accurate. It is comic accurate, which I like. Mm -hmm. On to the next one. While Obi claims in Loki Season 2, Episode 4, that he learned everything he knows from Victor Timely, Timely reveals he learned everything from the TVA guidebook Obi subsequently wrote creating a massive temporal paradox where they both learned from each other with no point of origin. As such, OB says it's like a snake eating its own tail, the classic symbol known as an Ouroboros, his namesake. This further points toward OB's major significance in the future of Loki Season 2. When he said it, I was like, he said it, he did the thing! I was so happy. I know! <laughs> I said the same. I was like, there, he said it! <laughs> my uh, husband was like okay well, that's great good for him like, you don't you don't get it <laughs> you don't understand me <laughs> <laughs> so, next one is having a critical piece needed for ob and casey's throughput multiplier victor timely's prototype device referred to as the culmination of his work looks rather familiar as such, it may very well be the multi multiversal engine core seen in Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, which was used to power Kang's time sphere. Maybe it was the multiple uses with the ability to harness and power temporal technology, while also setting up Victor Timely as a much more intimidating variant of Kang the Conqueror. Mm. I like that. I hope he is it's more pretty intimidating. Juicy. It is. I feel like King the Conqueror was just there as Janet's sex toy. Now, Victor Timely, I hope, <laughs> I hope he's scarier. God, I hope he's scarier. That reminds me, that reminds me of that time that we were, we were breaking down Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, and we were just like, who would you rather bang <laughs> in the quantum realm for all those years? You, you either got Bill Murray or Jonathan Majors. Like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I was like, look, no offense to Bill Murray, but junk made it all the way. Also, I don't really like Bill For Murray. Sure. So. <laughs> yeah, sucks, I know. sucks to be Bill Murray. <laughs> sucks to be Janet. Sucks to be him. God. <laughs> or maybe he doesn't. <laughs> I don't know. Who knows? So moving on, during the events of Loki Season 2, Episode 4, Sylvie asks Loki if it wouldn't be easier to burn the entire TVA to the ground and start over. This is likely a reference to Loki season one when Loki himself was first put in the TVA's custody and he promised to do the same, seeing as though he'd yet to evolve from a villain he once was. As such, it's really crazy to look and see how far the God of Mischief has come, especially now that he's trying to save it for the sake of the entire multiverse. We stand the progress. We stand for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I love Our these things. I, I do. I know you do. I know you do. I hope you keep them forever. Hmm. We're talking about the crescent in his hand for those who are not watching. For those who are not watching, you should be. Yes. <laughs> oh, good God. All right. So the next one is Sylvie mentions in this episode that sparing Victor Timely and the TVA means that she and Loki will simply have to hope that he doesn't become he who remains or someone worse. That someone worse is likely a new variant of King the Conqueror 
like the many we see in Quantumania post-credit scene ahead of Avengers The King Dynasty. As when she said someone worse, I was like, who are you talking about and who have you seen? Yeah. So, kind of just, I liked that. I enjoyed that. I did too. Our last... I, I, I mean, I have to give it to Sylvie though. She's absolutely right. I mean, they don't know what they're messing with and with He Who Remains and his variants, I mean... Given what they learned in the finale of Loki season one, I'm surprised they're even going down this route because they're they're doing exactly what Sylvie said. They they took him out of his life and it brought him to the TVA, like that's so dangerous. And they're just like hoping for the best, but it's like, what if this is what sets everything on its path? Like, what if this is what's meant to happen? I mean, what if this is what he who remains wanted in him, in his contingency plan? It's just so many what ifs in this scenario. It's it's trippy to be honest with you. It's wild. It's wild to say the least. Yeah. But I agree. Our last but certainly not least, Miss Minutes locks down several networks within the TVA before OB reboots the entire system for her out. However, a locked screen and a message initially appeared in the TVA screen and temp pads featuring Miss Minutes wagging her finger and saying, ah ha ah, access denied. This is certainly meant to call back to Wayne Knight, Dennis Nedry, and Jurassic Park when he similarly blocked access to the park system saying, ah, 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 you didn't say the magic word. Mm-hmm. You're right. That's true. So that's all our Easter egg, but it reminded me of something I forgot to say earlier. Sylvie has He Who Remains His Tempad, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, what's she going to do with it? It's a good question. It's a Just very good question. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, so much, so much we still don't understand. These last two episodes are going to be so crucial, I think, not only for the season, but for the multiverse as a whole and understanding, you know, Kang as the villain of this entire saga. I think that these next two episodes are going to be so crucial to unpacking all of that. Um, I don't know. I just I I feel like this episode left us with so many more questions than answers. Like I, I it, it, I've been saying this from the beginning. I don't think I've actually said it on the podcast, but my mind goes to the thought that what what was the the timeline doing before Kang got involved? Like if it's so bad that the temporal loom needs to be repaired and all this needs to be fixed and we need the TVA, like what was time doing before the TVA, before he who remains? Like what was the natural order of the universe? Like what was actually happening to the timeline? Like was it just all over the place crazy? I mean, that can't be. I think that all of this is just unnecessary and they think it's necessary. They don't, they're not thinking to the point where like what's the natural order of things you know what i mean i think they think they're the natural order of things i guess i have a feeling they're just messing stuff up even more which is going to be really funny when it gets a hundred percent secret wars and king dynasty oh my god yes this is all their fault a hundred all of it oh yeah that's what i think though it's like what okay when there were cavemen and all this what what was going on you know yeah right like yeah at what point did you guys say okay we need to step in right now i want to know what that point what what did it so exactly i guess we'll find out but until then we don't know moving on to some comments from our members of our facebook group mediaverse comics unwrapped starting with jeremiah who says this episode just pissed me the f off 
<laughs> all I'm going to be thinking about for the next week is what happens to Loki. Shake my head. I agree. I know. <laughs> I agree. I've been, it's uh, already happening. Man, uh, he's he's so right. Because I've only been pissed off since the episode. <laughs> I'm just so mad. <laughs> totally. I get it. It's, I, it's... Mad in a good way. Like, it says yeah. a lot to the show that it captivates you and makes you that emotional. I totally agree. I totally agree. Katie says, such an amazing episode. I am still trying to process everything that happened. It was so intense. Why do we have to wait another week? This is going to be absolute torture. And it has been so far, Katie. It has been. Katie gets it. Katie 100% gets it. We're all in the same boat here. We're all we're all struggling. <laughs> yeah. It's 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 going to be a rough journey to Thursday, that's for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Paul says, I was sitting in my chair and that last three minutes had my mouth actually open. Same. Jaw on the ground. Like you said, toss all the theories out the window. I totally yeah. agree. My mouth was wide open. I mean, I, and that's happened a few times this, this, this show. Like the, uh, there's been a few instances where my mouth has just been like, and it was definitely like, as soon as Victor timely got spaghettified, my mouth hit the floor. Because I was just, I felt so like caught off guard by that, which is rare because I usually always sense those things coming. Um, and then when they, the way it ended with like everything just exploding, I was just kind of like sitting there in the dark with like my mouth in my lap. It was just nuts. Yeah, every theory I had is gone now. And then I, <laughs> watching it, I was like, that's that's not how it, this, this didn't happen. There's no way. And it sure, it sure as heck did. <laughs> God. Yeah. Definitely. Oh, man, that's crazy. It is. Matt says, season one, episode four was crazy. And I think season two, episode four just topped that. What's wild is it's probably just going to get crazier from here on out. Like what's left? Is it nothing and it's all destroyed or is it everything and it's coming together? Timely also 100% time skipped. He was not destroyed by the temporal radiation. And I think Obi knows this. When asked if it's okay, if this is read on the podcast, he added, that's actually super exciting. I will add to my time skipping point that it was the first thing they pointed out in the recap. So definitely something important to consider. Mm, I love when point. members, I love when members realize things and notice things before we do. It's incredible. Me too. Oh God. It's so helpful too. <laughs> but Y'all yeah. are so smart. You guys are smart. Good for you. We're proud of you. Yes. Yeah. Very proud. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Uh, go so, ahead. <laughs> last but not least, Anthony says, my theory is that when Kang gets sucked up in Quantumania, that is what triggers his earlier version since they're both primed to perhaps get sucked up to another place in time. I don't think he died. <laughs> well, I... You had me at sucked up. I, I was thrown by that. But yes, I, I do agree with you. <laughs> Max's pervert side came out pretty pretty shiny there. <laughs> but no, I don't think he oh died either. He definitely, I, I'm like willing to put money on it. He did not die in uh, Quantumania. Because like, what if they go looking like in the, in the void? And there's King the Conqueror hanging out with Victor Timely. I just feel like he's not dead. There's no way. I I don't know. I don't. I, I have a feeling he's not dead either. I have a feeling there's there's a couple ways this could go. And this is my personal theory as to what's to come. 
Okay, the first thing is, um, this is something I've been reading online a lot that it kind of makes sense to me when, when you think about it. But a lot of people are saying that once that explosion happened, they're comparing that to like a, a Big Bang. And then they're saying that everybody gets like put back on their place in the timeline, um, which could be one thing. I mean, we know that Loki has been removed from time now officially through his you know adventure in the first episode where he was kind of plucked from the timeline after being pruned. So I don't know that that could be why Loki retains his memories and goes to find them. Um, but another thing is that, I mean, like Megan said, they could all be in the void. I actually really like that theory of yours. It really makes a yeah. lot of sense. They could just be in the void. That's a Megan original. <laughs> oh, so good luck to us with this week's episode. I'm not ready. <laughs> I'm not either. <laughs> oh my god, I'm scared. Uh, they they've taken us on such a roller coaster. This just hats off to all of them. This is amazing. It's an incredible piece of of television, I must say. I'm really enjoying it, and I'm having such a good time breaking this down for you guys every week with Megan, aka Homelander, aka Homelanderess. So. We're really enjoying this, and thank you for watching and or listening every week and, and taking this journey with us. We're having the best time. Yes, listen to Moon Knight. He is correct. <laughs> also, please, if you want something read on the podcast, just let us know. We, we love reading you guys' comments. Yes. So. Definitely. Moving on. Last week, we talked about an experiment we're doing with Werewolf by Night and Color. To start us off, here's a synopsis for Werewolf by Night and Color. On a dark and somber night, a secret cabal of monsters, hunters emerge from the shadows and gather at the foreboding Bloodstone Temple following the death of their leader. In a strange and macabre memorial, memorial Lord, to the leader's <laughs> life, the attendees were, are thrust into a mysterious and deadly competition for a powerful relic, a hunt that will ultimately bring them face-to-face -face with a dangerous monster. What did you think about it? Uh, but I will say, the color was actually really beautifully done on this, on this special. It was really pretty. It was a very pretty yeah. special. And one thing I'll say that I found interesting was that I was noticing a ton of new details that I missed watching it just in black and white. Like there were so many things that I, I didn't realize. Like, for example, I didn't know that Elsa had red highlights in her hair. Like, or yeah, red streaks yeah. in her hair that match her yeah. jacket. I didn't know that. I didn't either. And I also didn't notice, I didn't notice Jack's face paint he had on. I knew it was yes. there, but it wasn't noticeable to me until this mm -hmm. one. Ex yeah, I forgot all about it. And then you, it's much more prominent in the colorized version than it is in um in the black and white for sure um yeah i i just thought i thought it was it was beautifully done and i mean it was it was very nicely colorized and and like you know just a ton of different stuff kept popping out at me and just the different tone that it set for the whole special it, it was just it was really interesting to get to compare and contrast like i definitely liked it and enjoyed it i think i do still prefer the black and white because that just that made it so unique last year when it came out but I definitely like the color. Like, I would watch it again in color. I think I preferred the color. It felt more animated, <gasps> more exciting to me. I'm not a big black and white fan. I've never been. But I really liked mm. the first one. But this one just, like, it kind of made it perfect for me, doing it in color. I still will watch both. 
but the color just just spoke to me. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. So, on the last episode, we said we were going to do an experiment involving World by Night and our partners. It's not what you think. <laughs> our partners who aren't <laughs> our partners who aren't Marvel fans and didn't like World by Night last year. We're going to ask them to watch it with us and not tell them that they had already seen the special presentation a year prior. We wanted to see what they noticed if they seen it. And here are the results. Max, what was your results? All right. So my partner did not remember at all that he had seen it last year. Um, but in his defense, he is not a black and white person. He doesn't like like old looking movies like that. He does like them in color. So I think that was part of the reason why he was turned off by it last year. And I, I remember yeah. last year, I think I watched it like twice or maybe even three times because it was like so good during the Halloween season. It's just a perfect thing to watch um and he did not pay attention i guess at all those three times that we were watching it together but um (laughs) (laughs) he definitely tuned the whole thing out because it was in black and white i just know that about him he does not like the black and white um but this year watching it in color he was so engaged he was paying so much attention he he really enjoyed it and i just now realizing i forgot to tell him that he had watched it last year so (laughs) oh my god (laughs) he still doesn't know (laughs) He's, te- but, he's telling his friends, this new thing dropped. It's called Werewolf yes. by Night. I've never seen it before. It's brand new. Oh, God. Oh, my God. He he, he did love it, though. I remember at the end, he was like, wow, that was so good. And I, I was just looking at him like, oh, my God, this is so wild. Like, you love this so much, and you hated it so much last year. Like, he really did not like it at all. And he was like, this is Marvel? And I was like, yeah. And he, 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 really, he really loved it. So I'm, I'm proud of him. And I don't know. It was an interesting journey watching it with him. (laughs) What about you? How was yours? So my husband figured out halfway through that he had seen it. And it's not because he remembered it, people. It's not because he remembered it. He said, I spent most of this time trying to figure out why it said in color. What other thing from Marvel's not in color? And he's like, and then it hit me. (laughs) I've seen this. So... It, but he was so much more engaged this time, like like your partner. But I had to get some of the quotes he was saying because there's no way oh, I remember this gold. One, <laughs> when he first sees Jack Russell, he says, what's this guy's deal? So there's, <laughs> then when he sees, he sees Elsa Bloodstone for the first time, he said, she's short as hell. Damn. Always looking at the... At the, at the details there. He said, okay, what is this absolute nerd going to do with Jack when he starts on, starts the hunt? So, Fair, fair. He, he did not realize that that is a werewolf. And oh, then God. when Jack touches the bloodstone, I hear my partner go, idiot. <laughs> <laughs> when Elsa thanks Jack in advance for killing her quickly. He said, oh yeah, all about you all the time. Oh my God, I'm dying. <laughs> it's, it's, there's, there's more. Okay, so when Elsa's stepmom is using the stone, he said, mm-hmm. anyone that knows Latin must think this is so stupid because there's no way that's right. And oh I was like, God. oh my God. Does he know then, Latin? No. Oh. No. He, <laughs> that makes it even he, funnier. <laughs> he just thinks it doesn't sound it doesn't sound right. 
And I was like, all right, well, you're the expert. So when Jack transforms into a werewolf, he says, he needs a Snickers. Mm. And I was like, I'll give him that one. I was like, you think a Snickers would stop him from turning into a werewolf? And he's like, oh, yeah. So then when Jack transforms, finishes transforming, he says, he's ugly as hell. So he doesn't Fair, like that Jack. Was a, that was true. And Clearly, yeah. The last thing, the the last comment just kind of threw me through a loop. Elsa's stepmom, uh, towards the end when she's talking, my loving husband says, that old lady reminds me of the pink lady from Harry Potter. He's talking about <laughs> Professor Umbridge. <laughs> oh my God. It's hilarious. So, it's when I asked him at the end, how would you rank this movie? He said, quote, it was all right. Anything in color is better than not in color. Zero out of ten, I would give it an all right. Mm. So, okay. good job, Marvel, I guess. I don't know. Definitely. <laughs> he's never going to watch it. He's never going to watch it again. I can tell you right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, I'm dying. That's so funny. <laughs> What did you, what did you, I'm curious, what did you tell him when you first started? Like, you're like, oh, did we have something new to watch tonight? Or how did you like get him to watch it with you? I was like, I want to, so we don't watch horror movies and he hates Halloween. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I want to watch a spooky thing today. And I've watched a lot of things you like. So this is my turn to choose. And he said, what is it? And I said, just so you know, it's not Halloween themed and it's not technically a horror kind of film and he's like how long is it and i said even better it's shorter than a movie and he said okay i'm down so yes I that's how it... i got mine too yeah <laughs> okay so my partner said something very similar he was like i was like oh we're gonna watch this new marvel thing on tv he never remembers the names anyway so i was like yeah. oh you know just we'll, we'll watch it up real quick and he's like, oh, okay, is it is it a series or is it a movie? I was like, oh, it's, it's a movie. He's like, oh, okay, good. How long is it? And I was like, oh, it's, it's not too long. It's how long? Is it like 45 minutes or so or like 50 minutes? Around there, yeah. And he was like, oh, great. Okay, cool. Let's, let's watch it. So that was how I kind of got mine to, to kind of dive <laughs> into it. But um, <laughs> it's just so funny. I, did you tell him Did you tell him that we were doing this or no? At the, at the end, I was like, that's when he uh, said at the end, he said, oh, I know, halfway through, I was, like, trying to figure out why it kept saying in color. And I was like, yeah, so this is what we're doing for our podcast. I was going to tell him anyways, just because I'm going to talk about him on the podcast, which I never do. So it just, unbeknownst to me, he actually knew what was going on with the movie. But he did not think it was a segment. And then I said, are you comfortable with me reading these? He's like, I don't care. Read what you want and just know... I meant every word of it. And I was like, okay. He's so not into nerd stuff, so. I know. I love it. <laughs> He's just so not into anything nerdy. So all of this to him, he's just like, I don't, I don't get it, but you do your thing. I'm here to support you. So that's all I care mm -hmm. about. Yeah. So supportive. I love that. And mine kind of does the same yeah. thing. He, he gets into it because I'm into it. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, he did not even... He did not even remember that we saw this last year at all. <laughs> he was Bless just him. like, wow, this is good. <laughs> Bless him. He was into it. I'm proud of him. 
Oh my god. I, I am oh too. God. And he really liked he actually really liked it. I feel like if they made a second one, like he would be into it. Like if they made like a follow-up or like they brought those characters back, which I hope they do, because I really enjoy yeah. Werewolf by Night. Um so yeah, it was really cool. Good for him. I'm oh that was a fun experiment. We had to do more. I did I loved it. It was so much fun. Yeah. It was such a good time. Well, we have to think of more, but like we'll do more. Because yes. we really liked it. All right, so let's dive into Tea Time with Max and Megan, starting off with Marvel Studios. The big news is they have just hired the MCU's first ever showrunner after only hiring head writers for their Disney Plus shows. If you'll recall, we reported that the writers for Daredevil Born Again were fired. Well, according to The Hollywood Reporter, Dario Scardapane whose recent credits include Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan, as well as Netflix's Marvel show The Punisher, has been tapped to act as the new showrunner for the series, which is in the midst of a creative overhaul. Additionally, Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead, the co-directing team behind indie genre thrillers, who are coming off of directing episodes of Loki Season 2, which is a good sign, have been hired to helm the remaining episodes that will constitute the first season on Disney+. Plus. So that's very exciting. This was the best news they could have given us. Thank you for this yes. Halloween miracle. We said trick or treat. They gave us a treat, baby. <laughs> it was just so nice of them. Thank you, Marvel. So in a new official book titled Marvel Studios, The Marvel Cinematic Universe, An Official Timeline, mm. it was confirmed that Elizabeth Olsen's Wanda Maximoff died at the end of Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness when she was destroyed on the castle on Mount Wondagore. The book reads, The Scarlet Witch is finally stopped by what she loves, her children, who are safe and happy with their own mother but are terrified of the sinister version of her. I want to point out to everyone, this one Wanda died. This one. Think about the multiverse. There's many others. Just, you know, keep that in mind. Yeah. Um, so the interesting thing about this that I think is that, mm -hmm. you know, obviously with a book, it's an official Marvel Studios book. It's officially released by them. It's not like the unreleased book that's been, you know, circulating in the news recently. Yeah. The way they worded this, they said that Wanda, like, brought down Wondergore Mountain, ending two threats to the multiverse. They did not technically say that she died. They did not technically say that she was gone. They did not technically say that she was defeated or that she was destroyed or any of that. And mind you, it, it's an official book from Marvel Studios. They went through this thing with a fine-tooth comb and Absolutely. made sure that everything was worded a certain way. So mm -hmm. I don't think she's dead. Mm -hmm. I just think that they, she, they ended that threat to the multiverse of her going crazy looking for her kids. That's where I Absolutely. think that tricky wordplay goes in. So that's all I'm saying. Come on now. So basically, no matter which way you spin it, either if, if you think she died there, if you don't, just know we're going to see her again. There's oh, yeah. no way we don't. So there we go. Definitely. So our next piece of news, Marvel producer provides Loki season three update. Series producer Kevin Wright says, we take it season by season. And there are certainly things that Tom and I and other cast members have talked about 
where we see this is going. And I know there's some excitement for that internally, but just from a storytelling standpoint, I think we always conceived of seasons one and two as a whole. He continues that these are two chapters of the same book and that season two is finishing that book. And there are other stories to be told there, but I think they would be new books if that's not too coy. When asked whether the season two finale will live up to season one's shocker, the producer confessed that he hopes so but revealed in advance that it's not a cliffhanger. I hope so, but what I will say is it's not a cliffhanger. We want to be able to deliver real fulfillment in what we're doing, but I do think it'll be exciting and unexpected and everything people like about this show. Hmm. He said a lot. A lot of I like it. He did. I like it too. I mean, it kind of worries me when he says, oh, it's not a cliffhanger because I would like a season three. But then again, these people are so tricky when they get interviewed. They know how to avoid these things and how to evade and how to lie. So, I mean, who knows? Who knows what's going to end up happening? They could also not know if they're going to get a season two or uh, season three yet too. So, But he also can't too. say anything. No one's seen the last two episodes. He can't say it's yeah. on a cliffhanger. He can't say it's not. So... Maybe to him it's not maybe it's not a cliffhanger when and that pertains to just one character. Like maybe it's not a cliffhanger on Loki or Sylvie or Mobius. I don't know. That kind of scares me. Cause like if it's not a cliffhanger, like what happens to Loki? What happens to Sylvie? What happens to Mobius? Where's Miss Minutes? I wanna know. (laughs) They if they take away Miss Minutes from us, I don't know what to do. I won't be comfortable with that. I'm flying to Hollywood and I'm protesting if they take these minutes from us. Agree. For sure. <laughs> and that's a wrap on Mediaverse Unwrapped. Thank you so much for tuning into our Halloween episode. Until next time, you can follow me everywhere at his name is Max. And you can follow me on Twitter at Megan the Gangsta. Join our non-toxic Facebook group, Mediaverse Comics Unwrapped. Follow our public Facebook page, Mediaverse Plus. Follow us on all of our socials at MediaverseCU. Our new episodes premiere Tuesdays everywhere you can listen to a podcast. Thanks for tuning in and happy Halloween! Happy Halloween!